0: Welcome to the Off-Leash Podcast with Dr. Pete. I'm Dr. Pete, and we're glad you've joined us for today's show. Remember, we're not here to say what you want us to say. We're here to uh, be an advocate for your pet.
1: And that is all you can ever ask for in it a
2: It is veterinary. all you can ever ask for, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, that's actually an art form, uh, learning to say, you know, sometimes you hurt people's feelings with things you have to say. Sometimes you got to get it out. And uh,
1: You don't care about hurting feelings. No, I, mean. <laughs> I do. I do care about hurting
0: feelings, I, but I, I just think that sometimes... Uh, you know, people have some preconceived notion about what their dog or cat has when they see us, and it's mm-hmm. like, no, this is not it at all, <laughs> you know. And you have to, you're about 180 off.
1: I have seen you make grown women cry um, in, in the, the exam room because you tell them that you can't give whipped cream to your dog anymore. Yeah,
0: why well, they have these pup cups for people at Starbucks,
1: I know, and oh, yeah.
0: uh, and they got you know, they got milk in them and stuff, and so for, for the right dog, doesn't bother them at all, but for the wrong dog. Uh, next thing you know, they they they're vomiting, or they've got ear infections, or hot spots, or something like that. But yeah. anyway,
1: well, let's start it off today. First of all, we have a special guest, Storm. How's it going? Uh, he is our videographer um, for our social media accounts. So any videos that you see on there were done by him. He does a wonderful job. Gotta love it. Yes, <laughs> and we're here today to talk a little bit about his dog and some issues that he's been having with his dogs. Um, how are you to doing today? I'm
3: doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited. This is my first podcast ever. So yes, ever nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. So hopefully we'll get you some good information. On yes, this.
3: yes, that's the hope.
1: So we start off with some segments. Um, we're going to start off with old dogs, new tricks, which is uh, where Dr. Pete learns uh, every week as a practicing veterinarian. New things. Anything you've learned this week? You know, I'm
0: not sure I'm going to tell you anything new that you didn't maybe already know today. But I will. I will tell you this. Old dog, new trick thing is uh, uh, sometimes they tell the story about when we graduated from vet school, the dean comes in and addresses all 53 of us in the Michigan State class of the spring of 1974. And he says, hey, folks, we got good news for you, and we got bad news for you, and we got horrible news for you. And we're like, oh, That's encouraging. (laughs) That's encouraging, yeah. It's like... um, you know the what's the good news? We st- we wanted to start out with the good news, obviously, and <laughs> and I said, well, what's the good news? And they said, well, you somehow or another or other, uh, we're surprised at this, but you all passed your national boards and they're going to allow you to work on people's pets and livestock. <laughs> like, oh, that's the good news. Well, good. We're all happy to hear that, aren't we, folks? And we all agreed that we were. And then they said, oh, well, what's the bad news? And then we said, well, um, half of what we taught you here at Michigan State's incorrect. and, oh. uh, and they're like. this is the first time we'd ever heard this. And then they said, what's what's the horrible news? Well, we ain't sure which half. And I'm going to tell you what that all meant was, is that that was exactly correct. Everything was not exactly right with what we were taught. But um, the good news is, there was more good news. The good news is it wasn't all 180 degrees wrong. In other words, it was 10 degrees wrong or four degrees wrong or 12 degrees wrong. So, so when we got out of school, we started re-educating ourselves, and we didn't understand that was going to happen right away, that we'd start learning things. We thought we kind of knew what we needed to know when we got out of school, and then the first day you learned three or four things you didn't know that you knew in school, and then the next day you learned three or four things, and then the next day you learned five or six things. And so it seemed like that was sort of defining what we did as professionals, was yeah. was kind of learn what to do. and. And, uh, you know, the medications changed and the diseases changed and someone became more prevalent, some became less prevalent. For instance, uh, distemper, we used to see distemper, canine distemper. Um,
1: You hardly ever see that anymore, Yeah, I don't hardly ever see it. If
0: you go to Mexico or sometimes sometimes in remote places in the United States, uh, sometimes even uh, where there's a high propensity of dogs that aren't vaccinated for distemper, you'll see it. But you don't see it hardly at all anymore, so... But they do see it in third world countries and stuff. So we are seeing uh, we we are seeing uh, canine distemper occasionally, but it's very very rare. So th- that's kind of what's changed. And then there was no such thing as parvo when I was when I graduated from school. Uh, the, the only parvovirus virus we knew about was the one that cats got, uh, panleukopenia, which was a parvovirus.
1: I didn't and, even know cats got parvo. Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, it, and, but they called that can, uh, they called that feline distemper. So feline distemper and canine distemper were two different kinds of distemper. Hmm. So they were not. They they call so them. Distemper. Were
1: they intermingling with each other? Like a cat can't give it to a dog.
0: Well, we think that's how dogs got parvo. That eventually the panleukopenia, uh, the panleukopenia, mutated? yeah, mutated and hmm. oh. cross species because generally viruses are pretty specific for a certain species. How
1: long ago was this?
0: Oh, this would be. 1970s. So Parvo
1: is like a relatively. It's
0: like an 82, 83 deal. Really? Yeah. And they came out with a vaccine, but they didn't have it uh, bio. It was not available enough for everybody to have it. And they talked about it. Well, this is coming down the pike. This is coming down the pike. Yeah, whatever. So,
1: like Parvo back then was like the new respiratory disease now.
0: Yeah. Except it was
1: mass and, panic among pet well, it was owners. mass
0: panic. And <laughs> And uh, in fact, we can talk a little bit about that more. We've talked a little bit about it already, but I was at the VMX meeting down in in Florida and talked to a couple of experts, and they don't think that this. They think this is probably just parainfluenza or, or Bordetella or mycoplasma. We're just seeing more of it uh, in communities that dogs weren't particularly well vaccinated for. Huh. So, so that's kind of what we're seeing. Um, that things change, and right. uh, and and you have to work in the business to watch them change, and that's always the. That's always my that was. My fear if I retired and I just did this, you know, that eventually I become irrelevant. (laughs) And uh, irrelevant means I talk about stuff that I really don't know about because I'm not doing it every day. I'm Mm. not doing it every week. I'm not doing it every month. And so that's the part. That's the part. Things change and you have to watch them change. And so we were pretty sure there was a new virus out and there was a bacterial component that followed up the virus. But they're 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 really telling us that really we don't think that that's as much of a big deal as everybody thought it was because yeah. now they've had enough time to collect data and, and nobody's come out and said anything because there's been nothing new they they just kept finding, uh, mycoplasma, bordetella, parainfluenza, yeah. and so they think probably this was just maybe a mutated strain of that but certainly uh, that uh, that's the way it is right now but going back to this uh, the parvo and the distemper and that sort of thing. So And even the parvo virus, they had a vaccine for it, and then the virus changed a little bit and the vaccine didn't work as well. It kind of reminds you of the COVID thing. So so we lived through the quote-unquote COVID thing with dogs right. a long, long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. And back then, I mean, now when I see parvo, dogs are usually puppies. And uh, so I'm seeing parvo puppies. Mm. And right. back then we saw 9-year-old Rottweilers had parvo. 6-year-old uh, Labs had parvo. 5-year-old Airedales had parvo. And everybody came in vomiting and having diarrhea. So it was a big mess. Mm-hmm. We didn't really know how to treat them. We use antiemetics, IV fluids, etc. Um, you know, we didn't... And they just... It was worse and worse and worse. Right. And and now, in fact, right now we're in the day of... Uh, now when they get parvo, they have a monoclonal antibody. So you test them for parvo, they get the monoclonal antibody. Uh, you give it the monoclonal antibody IV and they're better within two or three days if you catch them early in the disease. Yeah. So... So for every card Mother Nature's playing, uh, the veterinary community, at least the scientific veterinary community, is playing a bigger card or trying yeah. to play a bigger card. So that's the mm-hmm. important thing.
1: And I remember you even talked about before, you're a good veterinarian for this area. I'm, I'm already
0: right in this area, but I'd be not in San Antonio, I wouldn't be very good. <laughs> See, and, I, don't,
1: uh, I don't know if you remember this, when we were down at, in Florida at the vmx expo i showed you the video of the mango worms oh yeah and you were like i've never seen that never seen have you ever seen okay so it's this thing that i keep seeing on tiktok and it's basically like they squeeze like a part of the dog and like it looks like little white heads are coming out but they're mango worms
0: yeah it's in central america or something is it a
3: regional thing
1: i don't know i thought i thought it was down in. it's obviously in more tropical areas it's not very common up in the midwest I don't think that they'd be able to survive well, you, our winters. This is,
0: this is a pimple picker's dream come true, <laughs> watching <laughs> yeah. these sinks come out. because Well, I
1: think that's why it recommended it to yeah, me, because yeah. I watched the pimple popper content. It was like, perfect, she man. might like this.
0: You could use them to fish for goldfish, I guess. You know, Oh, yeah. my gosh. Little bitty hook. Anyway. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, that is gross. But I'm sure they'd go for it. Oh, I'm oh. sure. The protein's protein, man. That's true. Tip,
1: well... Yeah, you learn something new every every day. <laughs> but
0: that, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at, though, with the old dog, new trick. So it's an old dog, it's a new trick. Maybe it's a new trick, maybe it's not a new mm-hmm. trick. Yeah. So we learn, and, and it's never 180 degrees, oh, we were completely wrong about this. No, you were partially wrong about this. Mm-hmm. You had most of it right, and you had the treatment mostly right. There's a few things you could have done to improve on everything. So you know what you do? You go home, you learn about it, and you go home, and you improve on something. Yeah, that's, I mean, exactly. That's, that's the important thing, and... And uh, and I think that's uh, that's the one thing I've been really proud of our group as veterinarians. You know, we we change things when we think things ought to be changed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's a, I think that's the most important thing. You see things that are you know a little bit screwed up and you fix it. And mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, and I think about the way we treated ear infections back then. We only had a little drug called Panalog, and so if it was an ear infection, you got Panalog once a day in the ear. If it was a bad one, you got it two days twice a day. And if it was really bad, you got it three times a day in, in the ear, And so uh, that was Looney Tunes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. oh, I bet. Yeah. So there needed, there's a lot better way to treat ear infections, which we do now. So we, we just learned and we, and refined it. I, I've always gotten to this thing. I like to draw the ear treasure map and I drew it just a little bit different every single year. And and people are like, why don't you just make a copy and hand it to people? No, no, no. no. They'd learn a lot when you for <laughs> when anybody they watched wanting, when they watched you draw. They learned okay. And this we're have, gonna
1: make a video on that to post yeah, on someday, our social media. So keep an eye out for it for Doctor okay. Pete drawing the ear treasure map. I remember
3: when I first told you about my dog because she always she suffers from a lot of ear infections. You drew that for me, and I was like, this is mind blowing.
1: <laughs> I know it's it's very eye opening for especially for customers that don't or well, when clients you draw, that don't yeah. mm-hmm. know.
0: When you draw it, it makes sense, and you see exactly. oh, okay. 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 And then I'll even if you stay in the room long enough, I'll even tell you th- little things like, well, here's the deal. This is only in the right ear. Do you know why that is? And uh, and you would say, no. Why is it only the right <laughs> ear? Because because what they have a little bit of an ear infection in each ear. And let's say on a one to twelve scale, mm-hmm. the uh, this year's an eleven. This year's a two. And what happens is we interpret that as just one ear. What? A self mutilation thing, a dig in the ear with the right foot. Right. So most of those dogs they have it in just the right ear usually right handed. So it means they take their right oh. foot. They take their right foot and dig it through the ear and make it mm-hmm. it starts out as an ear infection and then it really blossoms into a gigantic mess because the dog fusses with it. just like yep. just like you did with mosquito bites when you were a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dog only circles to the right. Yeah, yeah. That's so they're funny. the right I
0: hand left hand. They don't that. talk about listen. That never comes up in school. <laughs> if you, if I were to go to school and say, "Well, we'd like you to teach a class on uh, otis externus," I go in there and and uh, if I start talking about right-handed dogs and left-handed dogs, they probably call security and have me dragged down the building. <laughs> the, and, yeah, they don't believe it until. And if, yeah, and maybe even in handcuffs. I don't know, but you <laughs> you get the idea. I'd be.
2: I've um, never known that. Uh, That's wild.
0: Maybe pictures around campus with me. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah. one it. shots Wanted. oh my Wanted. gosh One, dead or alive preferably the latter yeah. all right well
1: let's move on to our next segment canine chronicles which is uh news in the dog world or dog food community have anything you'd like to share with us today?
0: Not really. I mean, they have the big AFCO meeting, which is uh, the dog food manufacturers and stuff. So I haven't heard anything that came out of there. I suspect no. maybe there'll be some things, there'll be some news in future episodes of this off-leash Any podcast. Any v-
1: veterinary news that you learned from VMX while we were down there?
0: I, you know, I, I mean, I went to stuff that I kind of knew about, but then I got to find, you know, I got to find points of this. You know, I went to the lecture on the canine parvo monoclonal antibody mm-hmm. stuff and And there was a lady there that worked at a very prestigious veterinary clinic in uh, New York, and she told us how they did their stuff, and they'd had a lot of experience using this and, uh, you know, she, she went on to talk about doing things that maybe I wouldn't have thought about doing. And so, mm. and, and then really that's the part, that's the old dog new trick thing is you, you come back and then you try what she did and see if it works better than what you were doing. Right. If it works not as well as what you were doing, you go back to what you were doing. But but if anybody, you know how this works, they, they teach you, we always used to refer to them as parlor tricks. And uh, so you learn a parlor trick in, in your veterinary medicine thing. And, and once you learn a parlor trick, then uh, if it works for you, then you use it four or five times. Right. They just yeah. call, you just call it, this is my new trick. <laughs> Actually, I don't ever say I thought of this, but I don't, I, I hardly ever say I didn't think of this. Right. Yeah, so yeah. This is somebody else's brainchild. <laughs> right. I, I try to take credit for or really, where really, we're where probably I should give mm-hmm. credit to other people, but.
2: Anyway, and sometimes
0: they got it mostly right, but they can get it all right. So then right. sometimes we'll refine it even more than they did.
1: You know what? There is something that I do want to bring up in the in the dog world, or I, I'm I'm actually going to call it the veterinary community mm-hmm. um, that I want to hear your opinion about uh, big corporations buying up vet clinics.
2: Whoa! Yeah,
0: yeah that's really yeah. Well, I mean, here's what's going on. Uh, uh,
1: and I bring this up for a reason. One of my Brie, the friend that stayed with me, she. Um, had to get her dog's teeth, uh, one of her dog's tooth teeth pulled and the bill ended up coming up or the quote ended up coming up to $800 mm-hmm. to get a tooth pulled. <laughs> and yeah. she took it to a clinic where it was a corporate owned clinic. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, I, they, you see those, those high prices.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, let me tell you, it's more expensive now. It's a lot more expensive now than it was four or five years ago. And a lot of that's, I mean, interest rates have gone up. Right. But
1: I mean, $800 to pull two. Veterinary
0: salaries have gone up. And lots of times mm-hmm. before they'll do stuff, uh, they have to do blood work. And they want to do uh, a CBC and a chemistry profile. And maybe they'll even want to do a heart check before they're willing to go ahead and anesthetize this dog. You don't just walk in and pull the ducks tooth. They have to be anesthetized. Mm-hmm. So some of them require some uh, a workup beforehand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and not everybody does, and sometimes uh, other places will. <clears throat> so I think you look at it and you kind of decide. You do your physical on the dog. And, you know, with us, um, you know, we can kind of look this dog weighed 72 pounds last year, weighed 71 pounds this year, mm-hmm. weighed 73 pounds today. And uh, you take a history, do your physical, you don't feel any tumors. So you kind of do a general physical. You know, I went and got my own, I got my hernias repaired a number of years ago, and when I went in for that, I just had an EKG. Now, they had some history on me, having having done the blood work prior to this. But I'm like, okay, what kind of workup we got to do to fix this <laughs> hernia? And they're like, just an EKG. You just don't want your heart to quit when you're screwing around on the table getting your hernia fixed. And I'm like, okay. And uh, by the way, that was that was uh, the first one they, they did without the laparoscope. They just surgically cut down on it and fixed it. That was not fun because I knew a lot of the people <laughs> in the surgery room,
2: <laughs> and you
0: got, got all your junk laying out there. And they no, come that's by, not the best. They come by and look at you, and you're kind of groggy, and then they tell you who they are, and they pull their mask down, and look at you. It's like, oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like you, your stuff, and them at the end of oh the no. table. So I told the surgeon when I went back to get my, to get the bandages, you know, the dressing off and everything. I said, you know, if I have another. If I have another hernia, I'm going to South Dakota to get this one <laughs> repaired. And he says, why? you you not satisfied with the facilities and the people here? No, I'm fine with it. I just hated having five or six people come up and, and pull their masks down and look at me across, <laughs> across the scenery was, you know, they got all your stuff out there and uh, doing stuff to you. And then they got you in, uh, don't you have you completely asleep? When I did the laparoscopic one, I was completely asleep. The other one had a spinal on. And so you're kind of awake and... You're talking about all sorts. Oh of, gosh! You're talking about all sorts of crappy shit. <laughs> talk about when you're out, you know, and you know it's like having a couple of drinks, and then you're saying stuff that's, <laughs> that the next day you think, you know, is there a way that sounded charming? Probably not. <laughs> and so you have to you worry about all that stuff. And so, so for anybody, uh, you know, of course they do it with a laparoscope, uh, laparoscope now, and it's you know with a robot. And uh, so there's I don't even think they're in the room. They're in another part of the build. They're another part of the room, you know, doing all this stuff. So, and I just got my appendix out this year and they did that with a robot too. Mm-hmm. That's and crazy. Yeah, that is. You know, and I, I got up, I got done at midnight and I got up and had breakfast in the morning. They had lunch at noon and had all I wanted to eat and then some. And they said I was getting expensive to feed. So they sent me home at two o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. So, and, and that's what somebody says, well, sometimes people your age will stay longer. And I said, well, but. You know, I think probably I was obnoxious enough that they thought, well, let's just put this, let's just put this guy out on the street. Um, you know, but it was one of those. He's good to go. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and drive your car home, buddy. It's fine. My wife Sharon showed up to drag me out of the building. Then I'm I got sure my car and fun. drove home. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had a prescription for me for, you know, uh, an opioid so for the pain and stuff. I didn't have any pain. I went home. Yeah, yeah. I took a nap on the couch and got up and you know frogged around, did stuff, and the next night I went to a party. So it was just <laughs> so, so th- having this laparoscopic stuff now is really pretty cool, and they do it in veterinary world. You know, mm-hmm. just so you know that uh, your your dog got spayed with a laparoscope, and yeah, and, and she had got biopsy and had a liver she? biopsy, yeah, yeah with uh, with that. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: What's the benefits of that? Why why are they moving? It's to less that? invasive. You know, oh, okay. you're
0: not opening everything up, and uh, I don't know. You know. There's some pros and cons to it. I mean, Mm -hmm. a a friend of mine got a laparoscopic uh, gallbladder removal. They actually nicked the pancreas when they were in there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and uh, they came close to giving him last rites. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so some stuff is, you know, so there's things that can go wrong no matter how you do it. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, that's what most most people in the audience should understand, that there's nothing routine about any surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff can happen during Mm -hmm. any procedure.
1: Is that why the bill was so high for my friend? Uh,
0: I don't know. I, I don't think they knew what they were really I don't I think don't they even... understood exactly what needed to be done because yeah. we did it and we didn't have to pull teeth. So we, Yeah,
1: she took yeah. it to your clinic and I think she everyone took I think you guys took care of whatever was wrong for like yeah, two hundred yeah. bucks.
0: Hmm. Yeah, more than that, but yeah, not much more than that. Three hundred bucks probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a time and materials thing. If it doesn't take long and if I recall, she didn't need much done in the way of having dental or uh, teeth no. cleaned or anything. Yeah, so it's kind of a time material thing, and, it, and client, that's the other thing clients are always looking for. I'd like to know what the up and down of this is. Well, you know, some of these things like well, could be as little as five hundred bucks, or it could be as much as eighteen hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and so because well, we them, don't know what. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if I have ever told you this story, but <clears throat> I was in. Uh, I worked at a racetrack when I first got out of school. And uh, I can remember they had the jockeys' quarters, which you probably are familiar with. And then, mm-hmm. and the, uh, as the veterinarian, as the track veterinarian, they got to go in the jockeys' quarters. And and a, and a horse owner came in and he says, he says, "Hey, um, I need somebody to ride my horse in the third race or fourth race, whatever it is." And and the jockeys, one of the jockeys raises his, his hand. I remember the guy's name was Otis. <laughs> I could tell you his last name. He's probably deceased by now, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, he says, "I'll ride your horse." He says, uh, "How much?" He says. $25, and that's what they got paid for riding a horse at a quarter horse track. And mm. and this guy says, uh, I only ever pay $20. He says, well, my price is $25. He says, I'll give you $20. So <laughs> so this oldest guy climbed on the horse in the fourth race or whatever it was, and he rode down the track, and he got within about 50 yards of the finish line, and he jumped off and let the horse loose. And uh, and the horse owner came by, and he says, uh, Old, what happened to my horse... Uh, Did he hit a rock or what happened? Why did you jump off? Do you think he was on sound or something? And and, uh, he says, let me show you something. And uh, this oldest guy takes the horse owner over there and he ports to a little place on the ground. And he says, see that right there? He says, is that where he tripped or whatever? He says, that's where your $20 ran out. And oh,
1: my god! And he got
0: sent down for a, mo- or a month or a week or whatever it was, so he couldn't ride horses for for a while. And he says, but right there, that's where your $20 ran out. And the guy was furious and wanted to fight him on the track. Oh, it's just a gigantic mess. But it was funny as hell. And. Yeah. Uh, and uh, somebody collected the horse and everything, and they took him back to the thing. I doubt that that i I bet that guy paid $25 from there and then. That's bad. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He, mm-hmm. he got in this horse already. He probably was taking a lot of time to get this horse ready for the race, and the guy jumped off it. Uh, you know, and he wasn't yeah. going to, I don't think he was going to win it, but he was at a place to where, where he his DNF that <laughs> did not finish. Yeah.
1: Dang. That's crazy.
3: I didn't ever think that they had have vets on hand at racetracks.
0: Well, almost every that. racetrack has a veterinarian that... That uh, does make sense. Yeah, they, they're they actually usually uh, supervising urine and blood draws and oh, okay. and things like that. And if, if they bring a horse out of the saddling paddock and he's limping, then they're like, well, I don't think I want the betting public to be betting on this right. horse without having known that this, this dog's got a... A prominent horse. limp. Yeah, You know. Uh,
2: yeah. Or what I say?
0: When you said dog? Oh, yeah, well, there's dog tracks <laughs> I was going to say is there do- they have, a or a dog when they, I think dog tracks are kind of closing now, but when they had dogs the same way, you know, you you, you got to watch them walk them around and you got to see whether they were sound or not sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if it was unsound, it really didn't happen very often because most of the time, uh, like when you see a horse as a scratch, they refer to it as a scratch, mm-hmm. it usually means the owner or the trainer or both. Uh, requested their horse be scratched because there was something wrong. Running a fever that day. What didn't eat. Uh, limping. You know something happened. Had right. Had diarrhea. Whatever it was. But mm-hmm. so there's almost always a reason why that happens. Hmm. And so, um, but yeah, at a, at a horse track, there's a the state veterinarian. So I got paid by the state, not by the track. Oh wow. So you're you're um so you're a state employee, and uh, huh. so which makes you. Uh, sometimes with the horse, horse owners and the trainers, sometimes you're quote unquote you try not to be this, but sometimes you're in the enemy, right? You know, because you're gonna you scratch their horse, or in dog yeah. track cases, your dog. That's, so, yep. that's
1: wild. Yep. Well, let's get into some rock and roll history, shall we?
0: Sure. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about my boy Del Shannon today. Yes, okay. <laughs> your boy Del so, Shannon. Uh, so, so uh, I grew up around the Battle Creek area, Battle Creek, Michigan. And, Del Shannon
1: was from Battle Creek, wasn't he? Was he was
0: actually born in uh, Coopersville up in Grand Rapids. Oh. But he came down here, he went in the Army and got out of the Army and came down here and sold carpet in Battle Creek. But cool. he, jo- he joined a band called the Charlie Johnson Band. And uh, there was a town scout came by one day and saw him and said, yeah, you look pretty good. And uh, so they took him, they dragged him into New York and they had him, uh, he, had, he thought he had a couple of kind of snappy songs, so uh, he did his snappy songs and they you know, put them on acetate and everything, and uh, and then you know, I think what they do over there is they kind of listen to them, find out everybody in the building thinks they're doing. <laughs> so, Del Shannon is by his name is real. His name, real name was Chuck Westover, Charlie Westover. That was his name, Chuck Westover. They called him, but he liked uh, uh, he liked uh, the Del Delray car or mm-hmm. somewhere, and so he called himself Del Shannon. I can't remember where the Shannon came from. Somebody's is that
1: why Lana Del Rey is named her name? That's true. Uh, I, was that's, I was just gonna say. Thing. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's
2: the one.
0: his name wasn't really Del Shannon. was yeah. Chuck Westover. Anyway, so he he came back and they said, "Well, your song, we we, you know, put them out there, see how they sounded and everything. They didn't sound very good, so we're gonna have you do a redo and. Next time he went back there, he went back there with this organ player, and he did this song called "Runaway," which was a gigantic. I that song. Which was a gigantic hit in 1961, huh. but they didn't tell him it was a good song. You know, he, he <laughs> yeah. also did "Hats Off to Larry" and "Little Tom Flirt," and he did three or four songs, and they all became hits. But he came back to Battle Creek, and he was playing at a place here called the High Low Club. You know, and there was always fights up there, and it was you know kind <laughs> of a kind of a sketchy place. Anyway, uh, they finally called him and said, "Well." We want you to go out on tour and he says why he says because we released your record and in, in the first three or four days up with a up and down the coast of uh, New England he says we sold about 80,000 copies oh my of, gosh of your song um, and he had no idea runaway and he says no so I guess he goes down to he said "When do you want, need me there and he said he needed him by in two days or something so he goes down and breaks the door of where they, they kept his instruments all <laughs> locked up in the in the um, high-low club and so mm-hmm. he broke the door down, apparently, and, and took his stuff out. <laughs> and uh, and then he went to New York, and he came back off and on after that. But mm-hmm. but he was Del Shannon from there on in. Too bad, the guy died. He died young. Um, How young? Oh, let's see. He was probably in his early 50s, maybe late 40s when mm. he died. I he can was, look it up if you want. Yeah. You know, when he died of, uh, I think he kind of did himself in with... Um, tranquilizers or something hmm. like that. February Post, 8th, I think he 1990. shot 1990. Yeah, so he shot himself. So 30 years after he became famous, he, he did himself wow. in. But he always wrote uh, what I refer to as lover's lament songs. In other words, he was always... Singing about getting the brown helmet from his wife or his girlfriend. We, or you would buy,
1: say that all the time. You know, brown
0: helmet, that's where. People are like, what in the hell is a brown helmet? Missing? I
1: learned very I say, early got, on.
0: You get crapped on by your girlfriend, man. That's, that's the brown oh. helmet. So if you got the brown helmet, you get God. crapped on by your other half. And, and so people are like, that's kind of disgusting. I said, well, I said, if, if you were the one to get in the brown helmets, it's damn disgusting. No, was, yeah. they are. But he's always, if you even listen to his songs, yeah these are his songs yeah this is this is his stuff and uh, he did he did it's great fun. stuff and it, he had a thing called a musitron in the background that does that kind of lead in here but but uh, anyway, uh, great artist um, and sorry you left this earth uh, too soon. I uh, can't believe he was in Battle Creek. yeah, he was in Battle Creek. and wow. uh, in fact, Junior Walker, we talked about that earlier. Junior Walker was in Battle Creek. Then there was one of the guys, the founder of Earth, Wind, and Fire, was from Battle Creek. So, really? Yeah. So it has musical history. This town does. But anyway.
1: Did you cover this song when you were in your band?
0: Um, yeah, we did. The high part was hard. We got girls up to do it. <laughs> <We> <laughs> this get part? somebody in the audience to do. Yeah, turn it's it up way up way.
1: And I wonder. Right here,
0: right here. Why, why, why wonder. There you go. That's <laughs> it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he he did the he liked to do the real high stuff, and all his songs had high stuff in him, and he had that. And they had the Musetron in it. And uh, he was on Letterman. He's on all sorts of stuff. Wow. Anyway, he's gone now, and uh, uh, the world was a lot more fun with him than without (laughs) him. Okay?
1: Rest in peace, Del Shannon.
0: It's the end of our musical thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that song.
1: Uh, I wonder how you get all this information from people from Battle Creek. Uh, You don't think of that many people famous coming out of Battle Creek? No. You
0: know, I mean, when he was back in town, there would always be people got up and told stories about him. Really? Yeah, because they went to the High Low Club. Back in those days you had um, a house band and and they were the house band. Now now people have somebody come and they play one night. Back in those days uh, they opened up on Tuesday and they played Tuesday night all through Saturday night and they usually finished about 1 or 2 in the morning and they were the house band. and So he was the house band at this place called the High Low Club. Where was that club at? It was right down here. uh, It was on
1: the corner right across uh, from where New Holland is, right? right?
0: No, 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 no. It was about where the park is down there with a waterfall oh Park. yeah Yeah. in fact it's right across the street from the big hotel interesting yep and there's a if you drive down there you'll see there's a um, a plaque commemorating him really yeah and uh and my friend and i went down there i have an old car so i drove my old car down Mm -hmm. there when they had the uh dedication
1: you have multiple old cars yep
3: that's so crazy they have that down there yep wow
1: i love that all right let's get into our next segment information and peace of mind storm this is where you come <laughs> oh in. boy here we're, we go we're gonna be talking about your dog <laughs> okay So, tell all us right. about some issues that your dogs have all right
3: so my dog is mila she's a chocolate lab she is
1: is she, she crazy
3: she's pretty crazy she's, i have
1: a chocolate lab and i cannot stand i know yeah. <laughs> oh, i can't stand. i just know i can't stand her she's just she's in Deep she, shit right now. Yeah, she's nuts. Yeah, she's nuts. Tell, tell yeah. her. Tell no, everyone. I'm not gonna tell everybody what she did. Oh, <laughs> she's so naughty. She <laughs> might have killed a koi fish. Yeah. Oh
3: gosh.
0: In in the wife's pond. In the yeah. wife's yeah. pond. Yep. Yeah. So now that dog has a wanted dead or alive poster yeah. all
1: around <laughs> town. All around town. Now.
0: Preferably the former, I think, is.
1: What yeah. that's, that's and for any of you who have ever bought koi fish in your life, they are quite expensive. <laughs> yep. So and a a lab's favorite and a lab's their delicacy. (laughs) She loved it so much that she had to go back and get a second one. Yep. Mm -hmm.
2: Oh gosh. So. But anyway, let's
0: tell me about your dog, Mila.
3: Yeah, she's gonna be six in February. She's a chocolate lab. She's got a lot of personality, that's for sure. But definitely, I would say the last year she started really, really suffering from itchy ear, itchy ear, really bad and noticeably itchy paws on a regular basis. And I think this is unrelated, but she also from a young age had really bad hips. We think it's hips. Just her in her back area, she can't stand for long periods of time yeah. without having to sit.
0: So here's what you need to do. You probably get a set of x-rays on her hips to see whether she okay. needs whether she needs pain meds or not. If she mm-hmm. does. You're going to have to get her pain meds because especially this is the winter in Michigan. It's been cold and damp here. It's been really cold. That's not too bad, but when it's cold and damp, it's bad. Cold and damp, um, you know, that's that's tough on arthritic conditions, and that may be okay. what you have. So, you know, a lot of them have hip dysplasia, which is kind of a laxity in the joint to where um, if you've ever driven a car, if you take a couple of the bearings out of the front, mm-hmm. you know, take a couple of the ball bearings right. out and then assemble that back up, it doesn't yeah. last very long because <laughs> there's slop in there. Right, uh, yeah. When you get it's... that... Instability or the slop, then, right? And you start to get wear and tear, and, and things go to hell in a handbasket in a fairly short order. Mm-hmm. You, you got ear infections, so, so in mm-hmm. my in mm-hmm. my book, uh, most of the time that indicates to me that you have some sort of food allergy. Okay. Okay. So there's there's three things you can be allergic to: fleas, food. And environmental. So my guess is, and you could even be allergic to fleas, but that would not be where the lesions are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the food thing would be the ears and occasional hot spots and that sort of thing. So, and I'm a big fan of getting beef, milk, and wheat out of the diet, and okay. beef, milk, and wheat out of the treats. And so I usually I usually try to put you on a diet that doesn't have beef, milk, or wheat. In it. And then I then I take all the treats out of your hand and mm-hmm. your family's hand. How many yeah. people in your house?
3: Uh, two others.
0: Okay, two others. So you have to have. You have to have 100% dedication by everybody <laughs> in the house, not to... That not, is, yes. Yeah, so you start feeding baby carrots or ice cubes or green beans or carrots or okay. cucumbers, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Not cucumbers and sour cream, just right. cucumbers. <laughs> not green bean casserole, just <laughs> green beans in a can, the salty ones, okay? Mm. Make sure there's no beef or milk or wheat in the in a diet and then see, see what happens. Okay. So, so typically what happens is... Uh, in four or five weeks, those ears get better. And, and, and I might even tell you that you ought to clean them every so often, two or three times a week. We have you... started doing that. Yeah, um, and that'll help a lot. And mm-hmm. then really you should get to the point where that inflammation leaves. And then, and then let's just see what happens with your feet. So if your feet get completely better, then you can say, well, this is probably uh, a really bad food allergy with a mild environmental. Because okay. normally when they chew their front feet, that's usually environmental. Okay. So, what what environmental things like in the spring tree pollen, in the summer mm-hmm. grass pollen, in the in the fall and winter, uh, weeds, uh, the rest of the year if it's around year round, yeah, and it has been year round. Okay, then I'd start looking at stuff in the house. Okay. And uh, we're we're looking at dust mites, um you oh, know, okay. storage mites, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So they're they're getting that, and you know their their feet are coming in contact with that, and that's what's causing the problem. Okay. Okay. So what are you gonna do? I mean. The best thing to do is you go see a veterinarian, mm-hmm. and, and they look at it and see what needs to be done here. Uh, sometimes it's Apoquil, which is a what they call well, chin- She
3: has taken Apoquil, actually. Has that helped? It, it helped for a period, but it now it's it only helps for a, maybe a couple hours. Okay. And if she misses it within a few-hour period, it's hell in a handbasket, basically. Okay, what it's, does your dog weigh? Quickly. Uh Probably around 96, okay. between 90 100 pounds. And
0: you're given one pill once a day? Yes. Okay. I. This is what I would do. I'd probably give you a half a pill three times a day. Okay. And I wouldn't put it in cheese. Okay. 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 <laughs> I would put it in. A, um, if you, you could, They make these pill pockets, or you could even use marshmallows. They work pretty well. Really? Yeah. So you get marshmallows, and just break them in. So the half-life on apical, which is... Uh, which is a Janus kinase inhibitor, it sort of fills all the parking places mm-hmm. on the itch receptor. So it only lasts about four and a half, five hours. So if it so if it only half of so if it was like eight milligrams, yeah, that'd be half of a sixteen. Mm-hmm. You would in, in five hours there would only be four milligrams. And then there mm-hmm. would be two milligrams, then it would be one milligram. So we think what happens on these pills, they wear out too soon. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. So I would do half, three times a day. You're gonna be spending more, but you, you might get a better reaction. Right. Yep. Okay. And what you might do is just put her on two full ones uh, twice a day for four or five days then try dropping and, down and, and try okay. dropping down to a half three times mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. I like apical. I think it's a great drug. Uh-huh. Um, but I will tell you that it doesn't work very well for food allergies. Okay. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But my opinion is it doesn't work very well for food allergies. Right. Most veterinarians have about the same opinion I do.
3: And I would say that has shown in her if her ears have persisted, but mm-hmm. it helps her pause, but her ears are definitely still. So what you,
0: want, what you want to do there, uh, you want to get everything out of there like I suggested you do. And then really what you want to do is you probably want to be on maybe Pred and A- Apoquil for 10 okay. days. So you're on the steroid. Steroids work fairly well on food allergies. Okay. Get that all under control. Take the stuff out of the food. See what yeah. happens. Okay. So I would call your veterinarian. And I'd, see, I'd see if they've seen you recently, they may be willing to go ahead and sell you some prednisone mm-hmm. or prescribe prednisone for, fi- for 10, 15, 20 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. And you give Apical at the same time. And then you take the Pred away and then see what you're left with. Okay. So everything's a clinical trial in this world. So, right. you, so you try this and you try that and you try this. And, and, uh, and sometimes we apologize to clients. Hey, listen, sorry, I took... Uh, Nine nine months to figure this out, but we've got to figure it out now, and this is what it takes to take care of this. Exactly. Yep.
3: Well, that's good to know. That definitely, I think her diet is definitely one of the big things that needs adjustment. Between that and would you recommend? I mean, across the board, food and treats.
0: You know, I start with treats, so I because then I know if it works right away that it was just the treats. If I if I change the food. So I hardly ever change multiple things at the same time because then I never know what really right. You can't why, it why you had a why you had a decent response was mm-hmm. it? You know, in fact, sometimes I'll put you on three meds. I'll put you on all three meds at the same time on day zero. On day zero, you get three meds. You go to day ten and you take one of them away, and you go to day twenty, you take one of them away, and mm-hmm. at day thirty, you take one away, and you can kind of figure out where everything was working where the wheels fell off exactly Mm -hmm. so you now you know what works is there a bacterial component to these uh feet Mm -hmm. yes or no was there a uh yeast component to these feet yes or no Mm -hmm. what was growing in the ears yes or no we need to know what was growing in the ears and once you figure all that stuff out um once you once you figure most of this stuff out you're you'll be in pretty good shape Mm -hmm. uh and then and then what? Then it's up to you to kind of educate your veterinarian and go, yeah, when I did this, when I did this, this happened. When I did that, that happened. And and then you can kind of, and we'll usually document it in our records. Uh, mm-hmm. This client does better on 10 days worth of pred with apicol and then take the pred away after 10 days, etc. Right. And then your grandpa comes to live with you for a week or 10 days and he feeds a dog all sorts of crap and then you can exactly. do it all over again. Hey, grandpa, we're going <laughs> to you are gonna break two or three of your fingers the ones you're holding the treats with if you don't know, keep doing this. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Why well, do I don't have to go home and not be able to hold a pencil? Right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. What's the matter? You.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes that's what you got to do.
1: Yeah. I have seen you give our dogs cheese. No,
0: you've not seen me give them cheese.
1: <laughs> Triscuit crackers, whatever. Well, maybe well, once our dogs they get don't a crack- really have allergies.
0: No, and they don't get much in the way of n- nonsense. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's not like I go to. I have a pet store. I already i pick some, I pick some treats up. And uh, and by the way, um, while we're talking about this, we're getting ready to launch our own brand of treats here. Yes, at the,
1: we are. The I doctor. was just asking yeah, about the that. Voyager ABC dog food. Voyager dog
0: food. Yeah. Your dog food. So it'll treats. have ABC's apples, bananas, and carrots. It'll have some other stuff in there too. Very
1: limited ingredients. Yeah, very
0: limited ingredients, and no copper sulfate. And uh, and uh, th- it'll be what I deem to be uh, a very effective treatment for. Uh, Getting your dog to do the things you want to do.
3: I would say that's what I'm going to have to rotate in.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what we do with our dogs. I mean, uh, my wife—they sit. there are in a cage at night so that they don't do stuff to our home.
2: Right. And
0: and you know you know when I was a kid, I people always like, "Wow, you put your dog in a cage?" Yeah, hell yeah, yes, I do. But I put my dog in a mm-hmm. cage. I said, you know, when I was when I was a kid, I had to sleep in my room. Yeah, I liked my room. <laughs> I had a record player, and I could play. Beatles music and turtles music, yeah, Beach Boys stuff. I go up there, and I had two sisters, and I got away from them. And I had a mom and dad, I got away from them. I like my room, and so dogs are like that. Sometimes they like their room. Mm-hmm. It's fine if they like their room, and 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 it's actually a place of uh, of um, safety. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, I got one dog that likes to pick on the other dog, and if there's a fight and we're not in the house, it could be a problem. So we so we keep that. <laughs> So we uh, quote unquote <laughs> mark the deck so nothing happens to either right. one of those dogs. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: I think that's a big one. That's a big one with my with our chow Mila. She loves her bed. She loves her cage. Like she just will go in there on her own. Sure, like, that is her room. That's yep. their bedroom. Yep. That's yeah. I always I think it's so funny.
2: <laughs> well,
0: I mean, what what do you do in your room? Well, you think about school. I mean. <laughs> and, uh, you think about your job. Think about yeah. koi fish. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh, exactly
1: gosh. i have one of my dogs here today rip.
0: Yep. rip rip yep he is not a fish eater so he's a know. good pup yep <laughs> well anyway that's so what else do you have going on with your dogs is that it those yeah.
3: big yeah that and the hips okay the hips are the big one all right well those have been a long term how old is your dog now she's six that's really been happening since i mean she was two
0: yeah, and and that's what happens. They, Molly has a dog that has that, and mm. uh, and those legs got pretty sloppy at a fairly young age. They make an injection called Lebrela that would work really good. Um, it's but you know I'd probably suggest you try the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories first and see okay. see if that improves everything. If it really substantially improves the quality of her life, then that's really what you want to do.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and I had a dog like this when I was a kid. Well, now as a kid, I got a vet school and and I was out probably three or four years, four or five years, something like that, and the mm-hmm. guy brought a dog in had been run over by a car, and he had actually two broken legs. And so, oh, gosh. And his, his mantra was, uh, huh, how did he say this? He said, <laughs> how did he put this? Uh, money's not a problem. And uh, he says, whatever it takes to fix this dog, uh, do what you got to do. And, uh, and I kind of could glean from him what that meant. Money was no problem because he didn't have any and he wasn't going to pay anything to get his dog out, and he left him there. That, oh, was, that was that that was was Bandit. Aww. And uh, I could have, if I would have had Bandit in my fourth year of veterinary school, or my last year, excuse me, my last year of veterinary school, I could have skipped the whole year because that dog had flea allergies. He <laughs> ruptured a disc in his back. He had two broken legs. Uh, he got pancreatitis when I had a birthday party once, a pig roast. Oh, no. So, yeah, yeah. So, he taught he, you a lot? Though. Yeah, he taught you. I knew a lot. You know, and... <laughs> You know what else I figured out? I didn't have the slightest idea how to treat my own dog. I, I knew how to treat your dog. I knew how to treat Molly's dog. Um, and I knew how to treat just about everybody's dog but mm-hmm. mine because I had all different rules for me. Right. And, and the rules for me were different than they were for everybody else. <laughs> and so when I have my dogs treated, I usually have one of the people at work you know, mm-hmm. give me some adult because I'm – I'm not an adult when I'm treating my own my own dog because mm-hmm. I'm emotionally attached. Exactly. And, and we used to tell that to clients. You know, I like your dog, but I love my own dogs. You mm-hmm. know, I got a few dogs I don't really like very well because they're not very pleasant. But most <laughs> of the dogs I really like. You know, they're friendly. They're nice. You enjoy them. Do I love them? No, I don't love them because I'm hired to do the thinking part of this, and sometimes exactly. that's sometimes that's a little more difficult doing the thinking part of this.
3: Mm-hmm. Being an emotionally disconnected. Yep. Yep. yep.
0: Here's what I do. Uh, I always tell is my, it hard
1: to do surgery on our dogs
0: yeah I never do my own surgery you, oh,
1: did, really? you did river surgery I did
0: river That's yes, your mother's dog mm. yep.
2: <laughs>
0: but usually usually uh, like when we uh, biopsied cookie I had uh I had Ron do that dr Vin Reiswick. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh and uh, we he looked at us and said wow well, it looks like cancer and I said no nah, I don't know maybe so we so we biopsied her and I said ooh, that's so we got it back, and I said, "This is what a really advanced case of copper stories looks like." That's what our dog died from. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I. That's why as a, as a family, we have passion about preventing that disease from happening.
1: And we do that with the food.
2: One
0: hundred
1: percent. Yep. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with your dog Storm?
3: Um, I do have. Okay, I do have one more. I do have one more. Okay. So our my second dog. She's a silver lab. She's. Well, why
0: old. do you why do you get all these? I know. Why don't you just get a black one?
3: I know, I know. I, yeah, everything but everything but, but she. So you know this
0: about Christy Brinkley? She she probably is fun to look at, but not that much fun to be married to. You were right of <laughs> that, right? I mean, said that she carries a little baggage. She's probably not listening to this, so I don't think I have any place to. She's
1: still she's still around.
0: And she's still Christie Brinkley. Yep, she is.
1: How old is she? Uh,
0: she's probably in her upper sixties, I would guess.
1: For anybody that doesn't know, if how many times have you threatened a divorce oh, mom, I've told over my, I've Christy Brinkley? <laughs> Christy Brinkley. Oh, my yeah. gosh.
0: That's what, I my mom, that's what I told my mom. That's what I told your mom. I told your mom that if um, Billy Joel ever left her, that there would be well, some decision-making sure. on my part, but there never was. So. I'm pretty sure
1: she's been divorced like three times. Yep. Yeah,
0: so that's what I was telling you. The Silver Lab thing's fine. It's just, you know... Probably very attractive, but probably a little bit of baggage. Which you're going to There's tell me about. Go ahead, tell yep. me about tell me about the baggage you got with your silver lab.
3: So she she's about two two and a half now, and she she's funny to say the least. She's got personality, but she has had this issue, and it's persisted through the seasons. Where her whole underside, she just has it's um, really red and rashy mm-hmm. and itchy. It's not like Insanely itchy for, but it just gets really red and rashy, and you can tell it's definitely not comfortable. Sure. And yep. we aren't sure, we have no idea where it's coming from, honestly.
0: Well, it's probably contact allergy. We really don't think a dog is having contact allergy very much, but we really know that the feet thing is contact. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Does she lick her feet also, or not? Bad? She actually does not. Okay. No. So you're, you're probably having some, so, you know, she's, you know what you could do with this dog? This would be the dog, this would be the perfect dog to put a kid's um, cotton t shirt on. And, oh, okay. And have her wear that around, and uh, <laughs> and see if that went away. Yeah, uh, this is my own personal dog. I might get a little stuff called Genesis, which is a topical steroid spray, and spray those areas. Sometimes there's a yeast or bacterial infection in those, mm-hmm. and so uh, sometimes you got to deal with that at the same time. Although it's it's pretty amazing once you remove the allergen, some of those bacterial and yeast Just things like... kind of go away. Okay. Because there's because really what happens in a Uh, there's hair follicles down there and in the hair follicle there is sebaceous material. Okay. And that's made out of triglycerides. So the same thing cheese is made of. So there's like cheesy stuff that comes out of those hair follicles. That's interesting. Sebum. And then we think that sebum probably goes south a little bit and then once it's like cheese, once stuff goes south and stuff starts appearing on the cheese, that's when we get the paring knife out and, (laughs) and take it off and see how long it takes to grow back. But... I guess the the point so point of, point of fact covered. being the that 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 mold won't be there if you get rid of the cheese, period. Right. Yeah. So so I would probably use a t shirt on that dog and maybe okay. some. There's a thing called Genesis spray. I like Genesis spray. Okay. You know, and in fact, if I was you and I was kind of curious, I would just spray the right side and see if that went down. and oh, stayed, okay. Stayed down. And if it is, then you then you do both sides. Right. Okay. Yep.
3: That makes sense. Yep. What, so with Mila, my other pup, who has. Paw issues. You mm-hmm. said that could be environmental with dust and things like that. What would be the best way to treat that?
0: Well, I mean you're using apical. You could even use that spray for that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And it really kind of depends on whether there's a bacterial yeast infection in that in, okay. in in those toes and stuff. And there probably is. Uh so you know, hey, those those dogs, sometimes I'll just stand them in uh, vinegar and water for a couple I, okay. minutes. Yeah. Have you, you ever seen spray those m- paw
3: scrubbers? Yeah, you like, could do like, that. that yep, 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 yep. Okay. Yep.
0: But vinegar know. and water kill stuff on contact. Uh, a lot of stuff, yeast and bacteria, okay. most of them. Uh, but you know, in vinegar, white vinegar is cheap. know, well, mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. or three bucks a gallon, maybe it's four dollars a gallon. Hell, I don't. Do you know. just dilute that with water? Just half just and half half, half, half and half. And half. Yep. Okay. And you use and, the, and believe it or not, you use warm water. I think it feels a little better for them to stand yeah. in warm water. And the other thing is, the the greasy component. If you, if you scrub them after they've been in warm water, you know it's like getting bacon grease out of the bottom of a pan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, do you use cold water to get a bacon grease out? No. no. You know, <laughs> it's use hot water to do that. I don't want you to use hot water on your dog's feet. But it's easier to get those uh, to get that uh, triglyceride film off if right. you want to do that. Yeah, sure. That nice.
3: makes sense. That's good to know. Then I, my experiment will be clean their paws and change their diet. Change their treats. Treats, for treats sure. Change your treats
0: yeah. first, then the diet, and then... And call your local veterinarian to have he or she fix out what whatever needs that's to be fixed perfect. out for you. I'll keep you updated. Yeah, and <laughs> and and really, you know what happened here today is is where we always talk about the uh, information, peace of mind. So you're getting information. Mm-hmm. You probably got peace of mind that maybe things will get better if you've got at least a place to start. Exactly. Okay. Now you've got a place to start, and that's what veterinarians do. We so so we uh, in fact it's a, uh, we were kind of talking about things earlier, but it's it's sort of the things that. Uh, we're in electronic records age and I really dislike spending a lot of time on the computer. I'd really spend much happier to spend time talking to you about this sort of thing than documenting everything I said to you today.
3: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, while we're on the topic of good good treats, Mm -hmm. we're going to finish it up with our last section, which is label lies, where I read off a dog, or actually we're going to do a treat label today. Okay and you tell me everything wrong with what you see in this treat. Okay. Okay. This is a very popular treat. You can find it probably in any pet store. Um, The first ingredient is pork. I'm
0: all all right with pork. Barley. Uh, It's a bearded grain. You could be allergic to it, but probably not. Rice. I'm fine with rice.
1: Ground wheat.
0: Um, Wheat's also a bearded grain, so... um, from the food allergy standpoint, the, the wheat I'd like to see out of there. But, you know, if your dog doesn't have food allergies, this is no big deal. That's fine. But this is mostly a, a grain treat and uh, because the, was pork number one?
1: Pork was number one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, does it say pork or pork meal?
1: It just says pork.
0: Okay, so it may have been wet when it went in there. So when you cook it down, it may not be that much pork in there. But I can't tell that. You have to know what the ingredient is. Only the people who make it know what the ingredient was. Mm-hmm. It says pork meal. It's usually 90% dry matter, 10% water.
1: Okay. Oatmeal.
0: Fine. Great.
1: Soybean meal. It's fine. Glycerin. It's fine. Sugar.
0: Well, I mean, it's sugar. Yeah, I know what it's for. Yeah, it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Corn, probably makes it kind of sweet.
1: Corn gluten meal. That's fine. Uh, ground qu- yellow corn. That's fine. Wheat flour.
0: See, they got wheat in there twice. They got corn in there twice. Mm -hmm. So this is probably, in reality, by the time you cook the pork off, this is a corn and uh, corn and wheat treat, you know, with some pork in it. But but everybody who reads this, everybody who reads this thing would think this is a this is mostly pork in there because it was number one. But (laughs) if it was eighty percent water, you know, now you push it down to the seven or eight part and you combine the two corns into two wheats now you're now you're pushing a wheat up so it's called splitting a product it's it's called ingredient splitting okay mm-hmm. so it's like a uh, a, a ear sweet corn there's the husk and the silks mm-hmm. and the corn and the cob so if you didn't want to know how much sweet corn you were putting in that thing you'd have it listed way down there silk why well, you'd have it listed uh probably corn cob and then uh and then uh, corn husk and for fiber or whatever, and then and then the silk. Right. So in reality, it's a sweet corn treat, but it's but everything's so far down, you don't see it as being that.
1: All right, you ready to keep going? Because sure. this is a long. This is a long ingredients <laughs> list. See, so, and
0: this is way longer than anything ought to be. Really, I mean, the truth of the matter is, you know, we're turning this into kind of a old country buffet for treats. All, <laughs>
2: yeah. All in one. The in next one.
1: ingredient is water.
0: Yep, that's about right. Soy flour yep so the soybeans are in there twice
1: bacon soy protein concentrate
0: bacon soy protein I don't know what that is oh what wait, what I'm mean? sorry
1: I'm sorry there's a comma bacon
0: yep bacon so
1: then soy protein concentrate
0: I mean, we all we all think of bacon we all like bacon mm-hmm. yep wheat gluten so your wheat's in there for the third time that's the protein part of wheat right there and that's the part you'd be allergic to salt yep it's fine
1: uh phosphoric acid
0: yeah I don't know why they put that in there
1: Bacon fat.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why they're putting that in. They got bacon in there two or three times now.
1: Uh, natural flavor.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we're getting down to minuscule parts here now.
1: Sorbic acid.
0: Yeah, uh, vitamin C.
1: Natural smoke flavor.
0: Yeah, it's just a flavor.
1: Cheese powder.
0: I wouldn't put that in there. You know how I, you know, I feel about milk and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this thing has everything in it. This is We're
1: almost we're almost yeah. there. It's almost a, yeah. to the end. It's got everyone you can think. <laughs> this is
0: this is sort of beyond old country buffet. Even <laughs> old country buffet doesn't have that much stuff in
1: it. I know. Calcium protonate. Yeah. Added color. Yeah. Malted barley flour. The end.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, there's things in there multiple, multiple times.
1: Mm-hmm. I, Why is that? I
0: don't know. I mean, if I'd have made that treat, i said pork. Uh, oats corn and wheat or whatever they want to do mm. I'd had just three things or four things in there keep it simple yeah uh, maybe people I, I don't know how people think and and maybe the maybe clients and and all you people out there listening to this would probably have a better idea than I do but maybe you think since it has so much stuff in it, it must be really good you know uh, <laughs> you know and, and like when you drive up in a car and I'm thinking well this car has um you know an engine a V6 and then an automatic transmission and then a drive shaft and a differential on the back. So that would be the four things I think about. But you come up and tell me, oh, no, uh, there's some staples in the glove box. You know, there's, (laughs) you know, there's screws in the carburetor. (laughs) There's two light bulbs up on the front of the car and everything. It's like, I guess. That's not what I was thinking about the light bulbs when you pulled up with your car. You know. <laughs> it had dual exhaust. I noticed that. It must, it must go fast. Then, Although sometimes they don't sometimes. what They used to call those no-go show boats. They want to look fast. They look like they're fast, but they're <laughs> not that fast. But why they put all this stuff in there, I have no earthly idea. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of crazy, really. But um, if your dog likes it, fine. If your dog gets ear infections on it, don't feed it. So there's certainly things in there. There wasn't any beef, was there? Was there no, beef? no, no beef. But there was wheat and milk, and so those are uh, cheese, which is made Meat out cheese. of milk. Yeah, but it looks like it's way down in the list, but hey, if you get a dog that's really sensitive to cheese, uh, that's, well, they're sensitive to
1: cheese. I'm questioning about the added color, because I'm... I know that... That's for you.
0: Not, that's not for the dog because the dogs are semi-colorblind. So the dog could give a crap less. Yeah, that's all you, done for you. You
1: know how there's all this uh, oh, controversy I know, I know, going on in like yeah, our, our food additive. and the red dyes and everything like that, saying that it links to a bunch of different health concerns?
0: So if you read a peer-reviewed paper and it says that that's what happens, then it's what happens. But if it's not a peer-reviewed paper, it's just somebody's speculating speculating around it, that's fine. That's just a... Uh, fairy tale, and whether it comes true or not, I couldn't tell We'll you.
2: find out.
3: We'll
1: right. find out. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I think we got a lot done today. We learned a lot. Uh, well, we
0: should get some outro mu- music should. going, don't you think, Molly? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Okay, one of my favorite songs. Hey, uh, we sure appreciate you guys listening along with us today, and we hope you've been able to share some information that will help you love your animals as much as they love you. Don't forget, always treat the treatable and prevent the preventable. We'll catch up with you next time.
1: Thanks, Storm, for being on today. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome.
0: Yep. Thank you. you. You and your messed up dogs. Yeah, exactly. Really, uh, Our I'm crazy chocolate. We'll, we'll have to get somebody else with messed up dogs <laughs> next yeah, week,
2: so. yeah, I'll keep you updated. Okay.
0: Hey, you know what? That'd be great. You come back in uh, two months after you yeah, figured we'll, it all we'll out. Do an okay? Update. okay, Very good. We'll
2: That's do an perfect. update one. There you go.
1: <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Yep. Thank you bet. You.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you.